Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. <laughs> I think Dylan died. Oh, I bumped my knee. <laughs> you doing all right over there, buddy? No! <laughs> <laughs> this coronavirus is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> The time has come, and so have I. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And welcome to the first of what will be uh, an indeterminately long period of... Worldwide plague minisodes. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we had a couple of ideas for like shorter episodes, and considering the fact that I live in a city that is now on lockdown essentially for yeah. who knows how long, and God, the rest of the world seems like it gets going that way too. I figured it might be nice to have just a, a steadier drip of stuff to listen to out but, there. But I will say that you guys can rest assured, be rest assured, because as a grocery store person, I will be working and working and working and working Stay and working. Stay safe, my and, oh, dude. I'm sorry. I'm I, s- <laughs> no, I, I felt so bad. I, I ducked into Whole Foods a few days ago to pick up like some last minute stuff on my way home from work. And mm-hmm. I was chatting with... Uh, the the person checking me out was someone that had worked there back when I worked at that Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I really hope y'all are doing what you can to stay like as safe as possible in here. Here's the thing. I understand why grocery stores can't close. Like, yeah. I, but like, man, I wish they could. It's almost like the government should provide people with the mandatory food that they need to persist or something. Yeah. I don't it's know. almost like, hey. Crazy how the essential workers that can't take time off during a type of pandemic are also the people who don't make a living wage a lot of the time. Funny that. It's almost like we're actually in high demand or something. Wow. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we are. We had a few episodes that we had ideas for that are a little bit shorter than a regular episode would be, but perfect for this time of terror. Um this one's actually a follow-up on an episode we did a few weeks ago when we talked about power creep, yeah. and we realized after the fact that we left a pretty gaping hole in that discussion as far as games that engage with power creep. Hey, Dylan, what are we talking about? So, yeah, uh, Kingdom Hearts is, like, fucking one of the biggest examples of power creep through narrative. And I I really was kicking myself after we finished recording, because I've been playing Kingdom Hearts 2 for the first time in, like, 13 years, the the writing in Kingdom Hearts, people, you know, poke fun at it for being childish and 
Goofy. So, haha. Uh, sophomoric's not the right term, but uh, you you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it it very, has a certain mm-hmm. like grandiose simplicity to it. Yeah, like it's it's yeah. very overblown while also being not that deep. Not very deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like I think at least in in the Kingdom Hearts games I've spent the most time on, which is the first three games: Kingdom Hearts One, Chain of Memories, and Two. What What's interesting about that game is those three games is that they follow a kind of it's its own trilogy in a way where yeah. th- thematically uh, Kingdom those three games are about the relationship between main character Sora and his rival Virgil character uh, re- best friend Riku yeah. and thematically uh, what t- really ties these two ga- these two games these three games i'm sorry it's gonna be a weird podcast yeah the, uh, the world is falling apart around us i think they will forgive some <laughs> some stuttering yeah uh what, what ties these three games together is this idea that when you leave home when you when you when it is time for a child to grow up and see the world and meet new people they will become fundamentally changed by the places they go the people they meet the sights they see and and such so, you know, the the entire thing between Sora and Riku is that Sora is surrounded by a community of very loving, very supportive Disney characters like Donald and Goofy and, uh, you know, Aladdin, Ariel, whatever world you're visiting. They, they kind of reassure him that everything's going to be okay as he is, like, thrown clear away from his home and has lost his friends and doesn't oh. know where to find them. Holy cow, mm. I'd never considered the degree to which Kingdom Hearts is just a fucking buildings Roman. Yes, oh, it totally is, dude. Like, um. <laughs> that's super obvious now that I'm saying it out loud, but I'd never thought of it in those terms, and it 100% is. Yeah, because, like, I, I didn't really, or, I mean, I always have to a certain extent, but I've only looked at the first Kingdom Hearts in those terms. But, like, you, you really notice a through line, at least up to two. I haven't played any Kingdom Hearts game after two besides three. And I know people who are hardcore Kingdom Hearts fans are thumbing their noses yeah. at me right now. And I, I understand. Um, I know the story <laughs> between two and three. I just haven't played any of them. So please leave me alone. I'm soft. Uh, <laughs> We're just two soft boys. <laughs> Two soft boys trying to slay God with Mickey, Donald, and Goofy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> on, on the other hand, you have Riku, who is separated from Sora, and his kind of main source of support for the first Kingdom Hearts are the Disney villains, uh, who are all very selfish, all very cruel, wicked, and blatantly like toxic. They are all using Riku uh, for their own gains. Um, and it, it's this very toxic one-sided relationship, and they they prey on Riku's insecurities to make him think that Sora is leaving him behind, um, doesn't care about him anymore, and that you know he is changing for the worse, and so Riku changes for the worse. And then in in Chain of Memories, Chain of Memories is kind of a reflection on what memories are and how memories affect who you are as a person and what you can do and what drives you, what motivates you. Um, and then. Kingdom Hearts 2 is super interesting, and I never thought about it this way, but uh, you start you start Kingdom Hearts 2 as Roxas, who is Sora except without the things that make Sora Sora. It, it, it's Sora with his childhood stripped away, um, is how I view Roxas. Yeah. 
this is going to be like really confusing for people who haven't played Kingdom Hearts 2, but the character of Roxas is the main character Sora, except... Oh boy, how do I fucking explain Roxas? So, okay, let, let me see if I can, <laughs> yeah, if I can Chris, quick and dirty Chris. this. As someone who also does not have the strongest grip on Kingdom Hearts' deep lore, Kingdom Hearts, that like, every person is made up of like, I don't even know if I could say like a heart and a soul, but like you you have yeah, at you have your a essence, body, a, a soul, heart. and a heart. Yeah, and so when like the the main antagonistic force in these games is an, is the heartless, which are creatures that have lost in their the heart. heart. Yeah, the darkness in the heart made manifest. Yes, and when a heartness a heartless is created, that also creates from the same person that that darkness came from a nobody, which is like the. That's soul the, that's bereft the, of the remnant heart. left behind. So a nobody has a soul, but they don't have a heart. They have essentially lost the capacity to feel. They they don't know emotions. They they don't know joy or sadness. And so they are seen as something that is inhuman because of that. And due to events that I will not get into in the first game, uh, Sora becomes a heartless briefly. And then he's changed back, but he still leaves behind a nobody. And that is Roxas. So to to tie that back thematically, uh, now that we are through the lore, the lore dump, um, Roxas is a version of Sora who is basically, he doesn't have any of Sora's memories, which is unusual for a nobody, but that's because Sora was brought back. I'm, I'm trying not to confuse people. Yeah, um, the, hey, hey, y'all. But I'm, I'm, I'm I, having a apologies, conversation. But Kingdom Hearts is confusing. <laughs> Like, like, if you've played Kingdom Hearts, you'll probably be following this, but if you haven't played Kingdom Hearts, I apologize. Enjoy us st stumbling over this convoluted, like, Kingdom Hearts narrative thread, rather, is akin to the tangle like, of a, cords behind my computer monitor. I was gonna monitor. say, like, the tunnels that make an anthill. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, we, we cannot possibly do that justice in the context of this like mini-sode so we will yeah. continue on and if this is interesting to you might i recommend checking out uh the let's play series Playframe. uh it is dan floyd formerly of extra credits and currently of new frame plus and he plays through all of the kingdom hearts game from a story a story minded point of view it's great viewing anyway yes. i still need to watch that anyway it's very fun um, so yeah so okay for all intents and purposes i'm going to throw lore out the window roxas <laughs> is a version of sora who has had Sora's childhood stripped away from him and also has lost the capacity to feel. Um, and so his entire life has been something more adult-oriented. Roxas doesn't have uh, any childhood friends. Uh, he is part of the Organization 13, the group of antagonists of that game. And so that is more of a professional adult work, like workplace relationship. And... He is a completely different person under those circumstances, and then more fuckery happens, he gets amnesia again, don't worry about it, um, <laughs> and he, he's, like, put in, <laughs> he, he's put in a scenario where he is a high school student, so that, that is something distinctly different from the more late grade school, early middle school uh, Sora of Kingdom Hearts 1. So, to summarize all of that up really quickly... Kingdom Hearts 1, Sora, late elementary school to middle school. Kingdom Hearts 2 starts with Roxas, who has, a, who has a bit of a dual life as a professional working adult, but also a high school student who has to grapple and, with the idea that his childhood will come to an end very soon. All right, 
Are you with me so far? I'm with you so far. <laughs> okay, cool. And so I, I guess a huge part of like Roxas's character is that the way he, in, the way we see him interact with his high school friends, Hayner, Pence, and Alette, versus the way we see him interact in his former life uh, with the organization 13 is very different and he expresses himself very differently. And that's kind of where this idea of the people you meet and the, the places you go and the experiences you have shape who you are as a person. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm glad I got through all that. <laughs> <laughs> but Dylan, I thought you were going to talk about power creep. And that's exactly what I'm about to get to. Mm. Uh, so... In Kingdom Hearts, everything, or at least nearly everything, everything that makes Sora and Roxas grow stronger is based on the people they meet. Um, the the most immediate uh, example of this is the Keyblade. Um, so in Kingdom Hearts, the, like, the weapon of choice is a sword, sword thing called the Keyblade. And the appearance... It looks like a big key. <laughs> yes, basically. Um, and the appearance of the Keyblade is determined by a keychain you have. And so I used to think about that like super basically like, oh yeah, so that's cool. A keyblade changes based on the keychain you have. But I think what makes that in like what makes that more interesting, what kind of evolves that concept is less the physical keychain like morphing the keyblade and more like the the memories and the feelings associated with this memento is what gives the keyblade its shape. Yeah, because you tend to get the chains that upgrade your keyblade or provide these different keyblade versions by completing crucial story moments so when you make yes. it through because kingdom hearts you're like jumping between disney worlds when you you know complete whatever the story is in hercules's world you get a keyblade or a, a keychain from hercules that turns the keyblade into something more reminiscent of like hercules's art style and has some yeah. different bonuses to it. But it's all about, like, you get these benefits because of the experiences that you have had and the people that you have met in them. So with in, in Kingdom Hearts, uh, with Roxas, the, the, when he is about to merge with Sora and become whole again, uh, the Keyblades he wields, because he, he, there's a boss fight right before this happens, he dual wields two Keyblades that represent Sora's childhood. Uh, he gets the Oathkeeper, which is a keyblade that is associated with Kairi, uh, a girl from Sora's childhood. Yeah, the the keychain for that one is a is modeled after a flower that Kairi gives Sora very early in Kingdom Hearts One. Yes, um, and the other one is Oblivion, which is a keyblade that you get um, in the same room where you fight Riku near the end of the game. Um, and so those two keyblades kind of represent like Sora's memories. And as Roxas is becoming whole again, though, the weapons he wields uh, reflect that. I never thought of it that way. And that's it's really super cool. cool. <laughs> like, I didn't think about that until I started playing Kingdom Hearts 2 again. And I'm like, yo, this this story is actually like Kingdom Hearts 2, like when it wants to be smart, it's like really smart. <laughs> yeah. It, it does it's a lot a, of really cool things. It's a wild franchise because, like like we said earlier on, it's not particularly deep. No. And yet they managed to find moments to, like, let it be as deep as the, like, constraints they have created allow for it to be. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, and so, yeah, like, the, the Keyblade's, like, one of the biggest things I think of where no matter what weapon you get, it it is because of an association with, like, a person or a place. 
Um, and it, it is a special memory. Uh, Chain of Memories, in fact, the only way you can fight, you're not fighting physically with, like, any weapons or anything. You are fighting with memories. L- like, uh, for example... So the the combat system in Chain of Memories is based on cards. It's so um, cool. I'm one of the I weird love people it so who, much. Yeah, you know, like we're we are both very much in the minority of people who really love Chain of Memories. Chain of Memories is a deck building action game. So you don't have a dedicated like swing the keyblade button. You build a deck, and in that deck you can have cards that are like this is a keyblade swing that deals a certain amount of damage, or this is a an item that will heal you or this is a spell that will do x thing and so you're like you are in this castle where your memories are a resource and you create a deck of like like your deck is a memory of how you fight yes so your your deck is like the the key you got from the nightmare before christmas um or it could be the key that you got from the hundred acre wood or whatever um, and then on, on top of that, you also summon memories of people. So Cloud Strife from Final Fantasy VII is a dude you meet. Um, he You can summon him with your memories to fight for you. Um, same with Donald and Goofy and, you know, what have you. And so there's there's just this really... I, ah, man, I, I, I really love how, like, mechanically uh, Kingdom Hearts kind of reinforces this idea. Yeah. Um, now that I'm going on a tangent and kind of snowballing, uh, in Kingdom Hearts 1, Peter Pan teaches you how to fly. And then when you leave uh, Peter Pan's world, you no longer have the ability to fly, but you can glide. Yeah, um, I'd forgotten you, you about that. You get that ability from that Peter Pan. that was where Pan. you picked that up. Yeah. yeah and then with, with Chain of Memory, the other thing that's great is, like, that idea of, like, you fight with your memories at first glance is very abstract. That's a strange conceit. But then it is self-reinforcing because as you play through the game, as Sora has more and more experiences to draw on, you get more and more cards. As Like, you're learning the mechanics of the game and Sora's learning in this spooky castle as he's exploring is then mechanically represented by more and more different kinds of attacks and different kinds of ways to fight that you have access to. Like, your deck is evolving as Sora's combat experience grows. And that's just like a very cool parallel that I really love. And then I guess if we want to flip it, because Chain of Memories has two story modes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's let's go back to Riku. Um, so we established that in Kingdom Hearts 1, Riku has had very toxic relationships with all of the Disney villains who have all kind of used and manipulated him for their own ends. Um, so at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, Riku doesn't really have anybody. And that is reflected in his playstyle. The only uh, memories that Riku has is of his own fighting strength. The only cards he can use are of his, like, his Keyblade that belongs to him. Or I, I don't think it's a Keyblade, actually. I think it's a it sword. His, like, sword um, with a wing on the back. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it gets the wing in Kingdom Hearts 2 because it becomes a Keyblade. I'm sorry. Oh, that, okay. <laughs> that's too... That's... I'm sorry. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So he he... He has to rely entirely on himself, and his story reuses the same assets as Sora's story, but it's framed as him kind of facing and, like, breaking free of the relationship he had with these Disney villains. Um, Realizing and recognizing, these people manipulated me, I'm stronger without them now. And then on top of that, uh, the only card that Riku gets is not Mickey Mouse, but uh, rather the Mickey Emblem. And that does different effects uh, depending on the the boss fight you're in. But 
story-wise, uh, like, Mickey is, like, the first, like, legitimate, like, genuine, non-toxic relationship Riku has with anyone other than his childhood friends. Um, and so it's reflected in that gameplay where there's there's still a certain distance there because Mickey won't show up to fight like Donald and Goofy will for Sora. However, um, in his own indirect way, he is present to help Riku from a safe distance. Or not a safe distance, but from like a respectable distance because Riku still needs his space and he needs to learn to trust people again. God, Chain of Memories is a cool game. Yeah, man, like Kingdom Hearts is actually good or something. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played a lot of the games past Kingdom Hearts 2. I've played, like, half of 358 Days Over 2. Um, I've played a little bit of Birth by Sleep. I've played all of Kingdom Hearts 3 with my brother. But I do know that in Birth by Sleep, you have, like, different decks that represent people you've met, or, like, other characters in the series. And I'm not, like, positive how that works, but I think it, I think it does reflect that that idea of your fighting style or, you know, the way that you grow as a character is based on um, other characters that you come across. Yeah. King Kingdom Hearts at its core is a game about relationships. Yeah. And about the way that people in your life affect you. Um, I think another way. Oh, sorry. Go I ahead. was going to say, and it, over the course of the series, it has engaged with that idea in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. um, I think the last thing I'll say to cap this off is one of my favorite things about, like, specifically about the writing of Kingdom Hearts is that, like, Sora, as Kingdom Hearts has gone on and Sora has spent more time with Donald and Goofy, he goes from, like, a pretty regular kid, like, you know, a regular teenager to a Disney character. He becomes a lot more lighthearted. He becomes a lot more animated. He is affected by his time with these actual animated characters and <laughs> like that affects his behavior on the flip side uh mickey is spends a lot of time with riku who is very brooding he's very insecure he's very um full of self-doubt and that kind of sobers mickey a little bit mickey becomes a more nuanced character through virtue of his time with riku it goes both ways it goes both ways kingdom hearts is good just give it a chance you fucks <laughs> <laughs> dylan gregory 2020 all right see you guys yeah i think i think <laughs> that, that'll do it for us for this uh this little mini so thank you so much for listening to this episode of backstage gaming we won't do our whole playbill bit just because i mean we haven't earned it this is like a 20 minute episode y'all but we will thank all of the people we got to thank so thank you first of all audience for listening Wherever you're getting your podcast, whether that's the Apple Podcast Service, the Spotify Music Service, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, wherever it is, think about leaving a review. Think about leaving a rating. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell Mickey Mouse. Mickey Mouse needs podcasts. And if you want to get in touch <laughs> no, with us, doesn't. if you want to get in touch with us or know more about us, check us out at our website, bsgpod.com. You can also there's a contact form, there's bios, there's all kinds of cool stuff right over there. Real world Mickey Mouse is a capitalist monster. Yeah, actually, no, you know what? I I, I take it back. Don't tell Disney about podcasts. <laughs> the only valid Mickey Mouse is the one from Kingdom Hearts. And then also maybe the one from like those animated shorts, because I like, like Steamboat Willie. Yeah, or I meant like the, the new ones they got going on, but uh, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, where our handle is at BSG underscore cast, and you can find us on YouTube. 
Um, and if you want to engage with us in any sort of way, I recommend you use that hashtag BSGpod. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you want to check him out, you can find him on brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is B-R-E-N-N-E-N-French.squarespace.com. Or you can find him on Instagram.com slash Brennan French Arts. He also has a Twitter now. So I'm going to plug that Twitter. His, uh, his Twitter handle is at Brennan underscore French. Another big thank you to our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dot Sound Radio Volume 1 Instrumentality. He's a great composer and musician, and he does a lot of cool electronica. And you can find all of his music by going to his SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or you can search for BioQuery on Spotify. He also recently worked, I just want to plug his most recent thing because it's fucking great. <laughs> uh, he did production for a new, it's actually uh, under the, the name of an artist called, named Leon's Wolf. That's L-E-O-N apostrophe S-W-O-L-F. But BioQuery did production on it and it's a really fucking rad EP. So you should all go listen to that on Spotify. Thank you as always to our patrons. This is all your fault <laughs> for for uh, supporting us over at patreon.com slash bsgpod. Uh, thanks to you. We are not losing money on this. We're able to do this and hopefully you are able to get some enjoyment out of it. And if you like the show and you want to help us do it more and do it better, you should check out patreon.com slash bsgpod. Thank you also to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a great network of video game related podcasts from all different angles, from the news side, the fan side, the analytical side, the development side, all that kind of stuff. And if you like our show, you'll probably like some of theirs. So go check out the HP Video Game Podcast Network. You can find them on Twitter at hpvgpodnetwork. Yes. I think that's all we've got for you right now. Thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you in a few days. I'm going to start dropping these little mini-zodes a little more frequently, so you have a steady drip of Chris and Dylan to plug directly into your ears. Goodbye! Goodbye! Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.